Next on BYU Sports Nation, capturing the moment. BYU football back in the rankings for the first time in two years. ESPN's Trevor Maddich is back for another Maddich Monday. Why he feels BYU has an even bigger chance to catch the nation's attention this Thursday. Plus the latest top five, non-P5, major shakeup there. And the Cougs make a huge jump in ESPN's power rankings. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Now from Studio B, your hosts... Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation on your radio, television, and other media machines. Back to work on a Monday. Presented by the BYU Store. You're home for authentic BYU products. You don't even need to wear those because that really happened. Okay, when Taysom Hill had the hurdle, we were watching it in the break room here at BYU Broadcasting. I sprinted from my chair running around the room like, oh, oh. <laughs> That's hilarious because we were downstairs in the green rooms. I was with Brian Logan and David Nixon, and Brian Logan was sprinting up and down the hall. <laughs> we, were, we haven't seen him that fast since the Oklahoma game. He, he was never been that fast in his life, oh, wow. even okay. in his BYU football well, playing shot days. Shot fired. It was awesome. Monday, <laughs> September 8th, I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the next Pink Panther, Jerem Jordan. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. We have some breaking news BYU to BYU Sports Nation breaking news. ESPN has announced the game time for Virginia at BYU on Saturday, September 20th. Kickoff set for 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 1.30 Mountain between the Cougars and Cavaliers. It will air on ESPN or ESPNU. That will be determined after this weekend's games. Translation, if BYU beats Houston, they're ranked and 3-0. That screams ESPN on a Saturday afternoon. And in, they're not in the afternoon anymore. Guy is happy because it's at 1.30 <laughs> Mountain Time. It's an Local a- time. An afternoon kickoff, it's which early. is rare these days. And that's good. Virginia, by the way, they looked good against UCLA. I know they gave up three touchdowns to UCLA's defense, but okay, I like it. An earlier kick is nice. I don't want to get – I like the night games. You know, that's great. You get wedged in with everyone else. Look what happened with BYU and Texas. They kind of got buried a little bit. BYU has an opportunity to absolutely shine on Thursday night. Yes. In the home opener, September 11th against Houston. Because of what they did against Texas, now everybody's watching. Trevor Maddich will join us later. Everybody's watching. We'll have more on that discussion. Did you hear who Siri's favorite college football team is, Jerem? I asked Siri on my phone. She likes uh, underdogs. Yeah. So BYU. Is there some setting like if you're the 25th ranked team in the country? By default, it has to be. Why is BYU? Join our conversation 24-7 using the hashtag BYUSN. Start with today's Twitter question. What was the moment for BYU against Texas? What was it? Weigh in on Twitter, hashtag BYUSN. So many great moments. Uh, The obvious answer is the the, the hill hurdle. I got a different answer. But there, there are so many great plays in that game. And Jeremy and I will give you our answers in a bit. Use the hashtag BYUSN. We're simulcasting beautiful radio vision on BYU Radio and on BYU TV. Rise and shout. I know you want to. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. Capturing the moment. BYU football as a team seized the moment in so many different ways. Carpe diem. I mean... Every opportunity that they had to get noticed by the nation for Taysom Hill to launch his Heisman campaign even further to get ranked, which happened. Wait, they hold did on, it hold all. On, hold on. I, I want to take this. Cue the music. A moment. 
<laughs> That's all it takes. A moment when a band of brothers rises and roars. A moment when rising from the ashes of an eight-win season, a team bursts onto the national stage with a dominant performance. A moment when a player leaps into the air and lands as a Heisen candidate. A moment when captured changes the destiny of a team, school, and fan base. That team is BYU. That player is Taysom Hill. That moment is now. Bring the music up. Oh, yeah. Bring the music up. Yeah. One team, one destiny. <laughs> this Thursday, countdown to kickoff, 80s. <laughs> that was, that's worth the high five. I wanted to do the uh, yep. the movie trailer thing for a long time. That so was, I'm glad we did it. <laughs> it was an appropriate time to, to unveil that. Taysom Hill leads BYU to a 41-7 win against Texas. That? How about them apples? I was riding a high until about 3 a.m. into Sunday morning. I mean, it was just like, what happened? Yeah, I w- in the end, I was like, man, how bad is Texas? <laughs> like, BYU's performance was tremendous, and they did it. But it was like, what happened to Texas well, te- football? BYU has made them look silly. I'm telling you, their, Two def- years in a row. their defense is good. Joe Shad of ESPN, we had him featured on Countdown to Kickoff, and he said, you know what? Texas wants revenge. They've had a year to think about it. Their defense is so, I believe the exact quote was, so, 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 so good. That's cute. And ready. You know what's funny? I'm just tired of respecting people too much. I've said that last year. Like, Houston was 5-0. and I'm like, they're not good. And then it was a good game. So I was way off on that one. But, like, Texas is not good at football, and BYU made them look silly. I Credit goes to BYU. BYU did what they needed to do. 41-7? to They're a mediocre, they're a mediocre program, but it's still Texas yes, at yes. Texas. Huge A win. year after BYU ran all over them in Provo. This was the game where they're like, oh, yeah, man. We can't wait until BYU comes to our really. Yeah. Good. How? Yeah. What? What's that like for them now? BYU, BYU crushed you twice. Takes in a row? advantage in a major way. They get ranked only the second week in fifty-two weeks of AP polls. Oh, how about this? By the way, BYU and Utah go head to head on September twentieth. BYU oh. Virginia at one thirty, and then Utah plays Michigan at one thirty on ABC. One of us is ranked. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of bad program, Michigan. Yeah, Michigan wow. got shut out, ending the nation's longest streak for uh, scoring in games, which BYU held. BYU held at one for a point, long time. very long time. Anyway, the, the national media had all descended on Austin. Now we're getting articles from big time guys, Dan Wetzel, Andy Staples. They're all writing about how BYU, while they're not a power five school, they're the, they're the playoff. Are, are powerful. Yeah. We'll, we'll uh, announce the. Top five, non-P5 later. Obviously, BYU stays at number one. BYU's the best non-P5 right now. The thing is, BYU's not in the group of five. So as you start to project, and I, it's early. Let's, hey, oh, it's not too early. It's early. Alert. It's early. <laughs> there are 10 games left for BYU. But you look at the rest of the season, and you think, what could be? Could BYU go undefeated? What would that mean? BYU is not, does not have an auto bid into uh, the group of five. Uh, access bowl should BYU be undefeated but not make the playoff so Houston is next okay I I hate the cliches and when the players are like we take it one game at a time but now I'm like oh my gosh just worry about Houston don't get crazy it was a one point game last year I know Houston lost to UTSA earlier in the year let's just win Thursday and go from there all eyes on BYU football right now because of what happened against Texas and now you're the Thursday night game 
I have never seen Bronco Mendenhall smile oh bigger gosh. than he did during the post game on BYU TV. It was the un- Joker was like believable. <laughs> pull it back, man! <laughs> it was amazing. He summed up the game yeah. in six wonderful seconds. We played really well on the road against a great team that was highly motivated to play well against us, and uh, forty-one to seven. Oh yes! Listen, forty-one seven. Every the special end. team. Every special team has that. That moment, and especially early in the, the season. The moment, Spencer. The moment. Sorry, sorry about that. 1984, BYU opens the season on ESPN with a win over third-ranked Pittsburgh. It launches this huge campaign. In 2009, BYU became nationally, re- uh, nationally relevant in the first game of the season. Why, Jerem? It takes one game. When you beat number three. You beat Oklahoma. Yeah, and Texas was not Oklahoma, but this was a national splash for BYU. We talked Friday and hammered the whole offseason. Texas is the biggest game on the schedule. We said scariest, Central, Central Florida, Florida Still because is. it's on a Thursday, and that's a talented team. I don't care that they lost to Penn State in Ireland. But by a field goal. If they play their quarterback in the first half, they win that game. They're one of the best non-P5s. Anyway, big game's on the schedule now. Okay, Houston normally is not a big game. But now it's a huge game because you're ranked and it's on ESPN. It's a showcase game. It doesn't matter who you play. It's a showcase game when it's a weekday on ESPN. This is big time for BYU on 9-11. Here's the interesting thing. BYU now has a leader. Taysom rushes for three touchdowns again. Second consecutive year he's done that against Texas. Now, his mindset going in was like, well, this is, this is what we expected to do. You know, I think this is, this is how I imagined it. You know, I, I think we came in, we had a great game against UConn, and honestly, I came in in my mindset thinking we are the favorites, we we're going to win this game, and that's, that's how I imagined it. Taysom Hill for Heisman! How about, how about those fans behind Taysom, by the way, during that interview? The Longhorn Network has a similar setup that we do in the corner of the stadium. They start their show and they go, we're being drowned out by the BYU fans below us in the corner celebrating with the team outside the locker room. And that's where Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler were as well. That was awesome. The Taysman campaign has been launched. And I mean that both figuratively and literally through that touchdown run. (laughs) Here's how he explained the play. play. I knew I was one-on-one in the secondary, the safety. And he came up and they've been diving at my, my knees and ankles all game. So... I took a leap of faith, and luckily it worked. <laughs> the leap of faith? It wasn't. I wouldn't call it a leap. Yes! I would call it a hurdle. The Heisman like, hurdle? Like leap the is hurdle. like I'm diving forward into the end yeah. zone, yeah. What, how about that, though? How about that? It just, you said it perfectly on the postgame. Whee! Whee! <laughs> <laughs> what a play. That was the game-winning play. BYU did not need more points after that. We could spend another hour talking about that we haven't even mentioned the defense really BYU's defense oh my gosh the most underrated good they're so underrated right now which brings us to the stat of the day it's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day you gotta dance with me for this one okay come on okay we're dancing hold on move those shoulders 8.5 the BYU defense is giving up eight and a half points per game through the first two games it's going well they forced five turnovers as well led by Michael Elisa, BYU Sports Station <laughs> Karma. Interception. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Michael Elisa will join us tomorrow for his weekly BYU Football All Access segment. He sent Jeremy and I a couple of messages we, after we the game. We heard from him, and he said, it's the BYU it's Sports the Nation karma. karma. Yeah, it's real. <laughs> Listen, if you're doubting it, you need to talk to Bronco about this this week. Oh, there's no denying that it has helped out at least a little bit. Oh, a little bit? Come on. 
Dallin Levitt was also on the show last week. Yep. Okay, balled down, out too. Dallin balled out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he had a great tweet. He's like, heck yeah, we were turned up in the locker room after. <laughs> I love a BYU celebration in the locker room. There's like water, water, yeah, water going everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> like we're at Seven Peaks or something. Oh, so funny. It was, that was awesome. Our Twitter question today, what was the moment for BYU against Texas? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At MJustinD79, the moment was when Elisa exhibited his <laughs> Sports Nation karma and forced a fumble on the kickoff. Texas was demoralized after that. Okay, here's mine, by the way. The 66-yard touchdown that came back, that was the moment. Because Mm. Texas was like, oh, flag. Jordan Leslie owned his guy so hard they called holding. (laughs) That was not a hold. That was so awesome. Okay. It got, got, uh, you know, called back. That was the moment. Message sent. I knew that BYU was going to do it. You and I looked at each other, and I said to you, they're – now everybody on Texas' football team, They're all the so coaches, scared. all the fans are like, oh, no, he can still do it to us. We were told that in the stadium, the cheer was so loud when it came back. Like, oh, that was, <laughs> not again. He did 68 against Texas. That would have been 66 the next year. Oh, wow. At Johnny Dangerman, when BYU's offense made it to three minutes left in the fourth quarter before having their second three and out, go fast, go hard was on point. Yeah, it, listen, year two, same quarterback, running backs, offensive line. They've got it going. Listen, anyone can hang with anyone for a half. Robert and I knows more than you and I do about offense. I'm sorry, this this just in. The the dive to Jamal up the middle and all that, Mm-mm. it worked in the second half. The dam broke. I'm telling you what. My moment very quickly, and I agree with at Dustin Hill, the changes made at halftime. There was a huge change from first to second half. Bronco Mendenhall, Robert and I. Uh, Garrett 2J on the offensive line because they came out like gangbusters on the O-line in the third quarter. The changes made at halftime for me was the moment. The O-line dominated in the second half. Mm. The third quarter, 28 points, four consecutive touchdown drives. That was fantastic. Like a perfect third quarter. You're forcing turnovers, doing all of that. Also trending in BYU Sports Nation, ESPN's power rankings released BYU up to number 22. In the coaches poll, they're just outside the top 25, certainly knocking on the door at 27. What a start to BYU Sports Nation on Monday. Up next, we're going to go next level from a national perspective with ESPN's Trevor Maddich. Why he feels like BYU has even more of an opportunity to catch the nation's attention on a Thursday night against Houston. This is BYU Sports Nation post-Texas. We're back after this. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B after a monumental weekend. Follow the show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Coming up Tuesday, 8 Eastern time on BYU TV. After further review, relive BYU in Texas with digital telestration, the film session show. It's fantastic. Dave McKinnon, Blaine Fowler, Brian Logan, David Nixon. They'll break it down Tuesday, 8 Eastern after further review on BYU TV. Who doesn't want to relive that? In fact, let's go inside that matchup between BYU and Texas with one of our national friends, Trevor Maddich, ESPN College Football Insider. It's another Maddich Monday. Trevor, BYU and Texas, the way that BYU won got a lot of people's attention. What does it really do for the Cougars and their football program moving forward from a national standpoint? 
Well, he gets eyeballs on Thursday night against Houston. That's the biggest thing. There were a lot of national prognosticators, including Kirk Herbstreet, who picked Texas to win that game. And the fact that BYU didn't just beat them, but they pasted them, I think make people turn around and say, whoa, is, is this BYU team for real? So now with a little bit of national whiplash in Provo's direction, I think BYU will have a chance to prove that they really are a team that's worthy of a New Year's Bowl. Did BYU benefit or get hurt at all by maybe the Big Ten struggling, I guess? Taysom Hill's hurdle I thought would be on the top ten of SportsCenter. Uh, you'd think it'd be shown later, but did BYU hurt in any way by the Big Ten struggling? I think if it were for the Thursday night game, you could make that case because attention spans are so short. But because of Thursday night, that, that hurdle by Taysom, and by the way, one of his touchdowns in the third quarter where he looked like a fullback slamming into a defender with his shoulder, bouncing yeah. off and powering in for the last yard for a touchdown, plays like that will be, will be featured pregame. Yeah. So the nation will have a chance to see that, not as a package of, of ten other plays but as its own thing for its own reason on Thursday night with the spotlight on. Trevor Maddich, ESPN College Football Insider, joining us. It's Maddich Monday, 1984 National Champion. Okay, Trevor, there were so many things that went right for BYU. Taysom Hill's play obviously has been well documented. The defense after two games only giving up 8.5 points per game against UConn and Texas. But for you, what was the most impressive thing that happened for BYU against Texas? I loved how BYU took advantage of big plays. And you could see it in that, that burst in the third quarter where they scored four consecutive touchdowns. There were two big plays on the first two. One was that play where Taysom scrambled out of the pocket, leapt over the defender, uh, and then scored. The, the next touchdown was a big play where Taysom hit as he threw, threw the ball deep down the field to Jordan Leslie, and Leslie made that circus catch. They, they scored a touchdown on the strength of that big play. And then the next two touchdowns, both of them, came off of big plays by special teams that set them up on short fields. So the fact that BYU was making these big plays and then converting them, punching them in, is what impresses me. When all is said and done, is the Taysom Hill hurdle going to be one of the more iconic plays in BYU football history? I don't know if it will be iconic. It'll be one of the prettiest. You know, it depends. Iconic, I think, requires that it be something with meaning in terms of championship level or individual award Heisman level, that kind of a thing. So, like, if and, BYU goes twelve and one or something this year, we'll look back at the hurdle like we do Kyle Morrell in '84, kind of deal. Yes, that's right. Or if if Taysom is in New York for mm-hmm. the Heisman Trophy ceremony, um, then we'll look back on this hurdle the same way. It's the kind of thing that that if you match an amazing play like that with moving the ball forward from a standpoint of other things off the field, then, yes, that's the kind of thing that we will look back on with in, in the light of Kyle Morrell's play, et cetera. If not, then it'll just be another really awesome play, but it won't rise to that level of importance. So the team needs to make this individual play important. BYU gets ranked 25th in the AP poll. It's only the second week in 52 weeks' worth of polls since BYU went independent that the Cougars have been in the top 25. What does this mean for BYU? Well, it, it, it means a lot of frustration in some ways because you could see what this could do for BYU. If BYU continues to be the highest ranked of the group of five, in other words, the non-autonomous five, then they would have been... Uh, a lock to get an automatic berth into a New Year's Eve or New Year's Day bowl, the contract bowls and the um, uh, contract bowls and the 
Oh, the playoffs. Me. Anyway, the New Year's Eve and New Year's Day Bowls. Yeah. The, uh, the New Year's Six. Right, th- those bowls. The, uh, sorry about that for space in the name. But the, <laughs> the point is this, that they are right now the highest ranked, and if they were considered as group of five, they would be in one of those bowls guaranteed because they get that automatic berth. But since BYU is not considered in the group of five, then the only, they are eligible for an at-large selection, but they don't get the automatic berth. So every week that BYU is ranked and ranked higher than all other teams in the group of five, I think will be uh, a source of frustration for BYU fans. But keep in mind that BYU is a national brand, and if they're able to get up into the top ten, they still have a chance to play in one of those bowls as an at-large selection. Trevor Maddich, ESPN College Football Insider on BYU Sports Nation. BYU's offensive line in that third quarter looked really, really dominant. You were a part of one of the best, if not the best, offensive line ever in Cougar football history back in 84. Are you encouraged by what you saw in the third quarter specifically? Very encouraged because they made a lot of yards inside. And that's important because teams as Texas did in that third quarter, will try to get a lot of, of weight, a lot of personnel, penetration on the edges to keep Taysen from breaking out into the open on the edge. And so BYU's offensive line has to take advantage of that by getting movement inside, and they did. They were able to get good yards, good chunks of yards inside on, on running plays that required them just to beat the other guy, not trick him or not hope he missed a tackle. So I was very encouraged with the way BYU did that, especially since the Texas defensive line is big and strong and hostile. And coached by Charlie Strong, they, they know what to do. And at times they push BYU's offensive line around. But BYU's offensive line never stopped fighting, and it was the fight that they showed in, in the success of running inside in that third quarter that impressed me most. We talked a lot about kind of the moment at the top of the show. What was the moment for you in BYU versus Texas on Saturday? Well, the moment I think would have been that leap by Taysom because it was a tight game early. And uh, the first half, I mean, BYU couldn't move the ball. Texas couldn't move the ball. It just, it just felt like that game a few years ago where BYU couldn't punch it in and Texas hung around and finally they won it late. It just, it just felt like it was materializing. And when Taysom broke out on a broken play, a scramble, and then not only went the distance but did it in such spectacular fashion, it took some of the air out of Texas. But more importantly, it made BYU believe. It's like, okay, good, now we can do this. And then with that long play to, to Leslie uh, on the next drive that set up the next touchdown, all of a sudden BYU was validated, and this is the important thing. This is still a young program in this new offense, this go-fast, go-hard offense. And the validation that they got with those two plays really lifted them, and that belief, I think, carried them for the rest of the half. ESPN's Trevor Maddich with us on BYU Sports Nation. It seems like every Cinderella season for a team like Boise State or even go back to your team in 1984 that won the national championship there is a big time early season victory for you guys it was Pittsburgh who was then ranked number three at the time does this win now give the BYU team in 2014 that thought of hey you know what why couldn't we win every game what what's the mentality that they take from this well I think the mentality is we can play physically with anybody because even with the suspensions, Texas was a very, very physical team, especially on defense. UConn, you know, it was nice to have that win, but UConn is not very good. And so I think that's what they take away from it. When we get into an alley fight, just a dirty, mean slugfest with somebody that's got big, strong athletes, 
we can hang in with them and we can beat them. And, and that's an important thing to know because you can think about that in the office all you want in the meeting room. But until you do it, you know, you, you don't know. It's like my freshman year, we went off to play Texas A&M. They were ranked high. They had all-American candidates all over the field. You know, and, and as a freshman, I didn't know how in the world we'd be able to handle all-American candidates in Texas A&M. Wow. Yeah. But then we did, and we beat them. And all of a sudden, in my mind, there was a belief there that wasn't there before. So, you know, the, momentum feeds on itself. Belief and enthusiasm feeds on itself. ESPN has a football power index that gives uh, rates every team in FBS and their chance to actually win out. BYU's number one in that right now. 20.9% chance to win out, followed by Oklahoma, Florida State, Oregon, Baylor. That's a good list. BYU's schedule sets up nicely. We've talked in the offseason a lot about, hey, there are some tough games. There aren't going to be a ton of maybe ranked teams, and there's three P5s. Two of those aren't that good. But BYU's got a chance to do something special here. Trevor, what are BYU's chances that they actually do run the table to you? I think if they stay healthy, they've got a very good chance. This Houston game was one that I circled on my, in my own mind as a huge hurdle because Houston, even though they lost to Texas San Antonio in their opener, this is an experienced, dangerous, fast team, and they know they have a chance for redemption on Thursday night as well. But if BYU can get through that, I expect them to go undefeated. The question will be, do they have the brand names on the on the schedule for the selection committee to move them up into a position in the top four. Because just going undefeated doesn't mean you, you automatically will be in the top four. Strength of schedule will come into it. So just like we had in 1984, if this team does, and I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but if this team does run the table, they will still need, like we did, other teams ahead of them to lose. Now, that's not out of the question, because when you look at the Pac-12, for example, they've got a lot of good teams there that should knock each other off. The Big Ten stock has diminished greatly. The, you know, the ACC probably will not have two teams in it. And so the, the possibility exists but we would need cannibalization in the other conferences in order for BYU to have a chance to get that high. And that's out of BYU's control. The one thing that BYU can control and that they need to do, I think, and Bronco Mendenhall is not a fan of this, is keep the pedal down. When you win 41-7 against Texas, that's different than winning by two touchdowns. The, the right. we thumped them factor. BYU can control that. I'm not saying they need to put up 70 like Baylor every week, but if BYU can put up 40-plus in each game, now we're talking, right? Yeah, it, it would it would be nice to do things that might be considered unchristian uh, from the standpoint of putting them. Is and it, you don't have to keep it? your start. You don't have to keep your starters in in order to do that. I mean, the backups need to know how to throw too. The well, yeah, backups the need to know how to do. What's that? Yeah, pass the ball when you're when you're still up big. That would be okay. Well, here's the thing though: what if something happens to Taysom? You know, what if something right. happens to the other receivers or the offensive linemen? Those guys need to have experience in go fast, go hard, not just experience in getting into the game, going on a slow pace to eat the clock. So there is a moral argument to run up the score by continuing to throw it, continuing to go and run a lot of plays late in game where you're ahead because your backups need that experience. Because guess what? They're one play away from being starters. So don't think Bronco is doing anything bad or immoral if the score looks like it's being run up. That's not the case. Trevor Maddox with us on BYU Sports Nation, ESPN College Football Insider. I know this is, you've heard this question a million times, Trevor, and it's, it's getting old, but the whole Big 12 conversation. What does a win like BYU beating Texas 41-7 on a Saturday night primetime game really do for their chances of, hey, include us in a Power 5 conference? You know, I, I think... It's money more than one win. If 
a Power Five conference has a different view of BYU because of that. They don't deserve to be a Power Five conference. They need to be taking the long view. And there are long-term reasons why BYU would be a good addition to the Big 12, in my opinion. The thing for BYU fans to watch for is if the Big 12 champion comes down to a tiebreaker of opinion with the selection committee with some other conference champion to get that fifth, the fourth and final spot in the college football playoff. And if, because they do not have a conference championship game, the Big 12 champion is left out, that's the best chance for the Big 12 to change their mind. Right now, I don't think there's any plan in the Big 12 to expand. All right, Trevor, always great to hear from you. Matt, it's Monday, delivering once again. We'll talk to you again soon. All right, guys. BYU-Houston tickets still available, oh, by the way, for that Thursday night showdown if you're in the Provo, Utah area. A chance to see the game that now Trevor Maddich says everybody is looking to because of what happened on Texas. We'll talk more about what Trevor Maddich said coming up. A little bit of an injury update as well for you from BYU football about Bronson Kafusi and DeAndre Wesley. And if you didn't hear yet, the kickoff time for BYU-Virginia has been announced 3.30 Eastern on Saturday, September 20th. This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU Radio and on BYU TV. Taysman! Rise and shout, Cougar fans. This is Taysom Hill, and you are listening to BYU Sports Nation. You heard the man. Get up! Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and <laughs> Jeremy like Jordan. Concert or something like in Radio Vision. Don't let it, let's hear it! BYU Radio... BYU TV simulcast. <laughs> Download the show podcast on iTunes or subscribe to the RSS feed on BYUsportsNation.com. Thursday night, 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain, BYU's countdown to kickoff. BYU in Houston gets you set. 25th ranked Cougars, first home game of the season coming up Thursday against the Houston Cougars. A great game last year. You were at that one at Reliant Stadium. I always want to say Reliant Case Stadium. That's not accurate. <laughs> BYU won that 47-46, a great game. Now that now the game comes back to Provo, so countdown to kickoff will get you ready, eighty Eastern. I have now seen Bronco Mendenhall throw his hat into a visiting crowd. He just of, does it in Texas, that's but all, that's both games in Texas it. after yeah. the Houston game and now after the Texas game, the hat yeah. goes in, into the crowd. Okay, we we have a, a bunch of friends on Twitter, and uh, our our boy Kyle Chilton, sports information director for BYU men's basketball, he said. This on Twitter. Great show as always, but Thanks, I, feel, I feel the need to point out your appalling lack of a basketball presence on your set. Funny you should say that. I, basketball is so close to the heart that I actually just hold it. I just always have it right next to me. <laughs> and so it's been right down here below, right next to me, just kind of out of sight. But it's, it's right here. Like it's, I, it's actually, yeah, it's, it's over here now. It's on the set. So there you go, child. Uh, child. 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 <laughs> Please, child. Child, child Kilton. Child Kilton. Oh, we love Kyle. Yeah. Resetting today's trending topics. Off the top of the show, we announced a kickoff time for BYU in Virginia on Saturday, September 20th. Rare afternoon start time, 3.30 Eastern. One thirty Mountain. That game will be on ESPN or ESPNU. But I'm guessing if BYU beats Houston, they're three and zero and ranked. That there's no reason for ESPN not to take that game. Okay, BYU will win the day over Utah if uh, it's on ESPN. Now, if it's on ESPN, you you could argue against that. But ABC is doing Utah and Michigan. That's regionalized. Okay, that's not national. So not everybody will see it. It's a national television station, but they they'll cut up a couple games. Right? BYU on ESPN is bigger than Utah on ABC Regional. Listen, we look. It's it's joining the little things, right? That would, <laughs> that would be a victory. Okay, why can't BYU play Utah this year? I know. I was just thinking about that on the can way. Can you imagine work if today. it was this week? Like, man, can, BYU Utah this week—that would be. Oh. It'd be interesting. Woo. Listen, 
Utah is going to beat Michigan, I think, on the road. That'd yes. be interesting. <laughs> three, they'd be 3-0 and and well on their way to a bowl game, which may save Kyle Whittingham's job. I think that's interesting. I think it should, Former given Cougar, the schedule Kyle that he Whitting- has and, you know, with the power of the Pac-12 this year. The power. ESPN's power rankings have been released. BYU number 22. Of course, the Cougars are number 25 in the latest AP poll. They are 27 in the coaches poll, just two spots outside the top 25. Keep oh, winning and climb, baby. At Kyle Chilton is uh, is chiming in again, Jerem. Thanks, guys. Nice work. Now let's work on pronouncing my very difficult name. <laughs> okay. That's fine, child Kilton. <laughs> oh, I love Twitter so much. Here, just for Kyle, we're going to put it right here. The basketball between go. us. There you the go. Side. Okay. We talked to Trevor Maddich. He brought up some very interesting things. I, I thought it was interesting that he talked about, well, now BYU, now BYU is being noticed, but because they have this Thursday night game, he feels like Houston will be the chance Almost that, showcase that, yes, more. that BYU is like, hey, we, we heard about Texas. Now let's watch them. We heard about this quarterback. Let's see him on Thursday night on ESPN. There are style points, and I addressed that with Trevor. The one thing BYU can control in all this is how much they win the game by. They can't worry about if other teams lose and if the Big 12 uh, champ gets into the playoff or whatever, if, the, if they get into an access bowl or not as a, uh, an independent. BYU just win games and win big, and then people will notice you. That's what happened with Boise State. They wouldn't play a lot of big games back in the day, even Utah. Then they got into big games and won them. So just win the games in front of you, and you'll get noticed. If BYU's undefeated, I promise you, They'll get noticed. Marshall will get noticed for being undefeated. They'll climb in the polls. They won't get anywhere close to the playoff, but you'll know that they're undefeated. So keep winning, and it starts with Houston. Our top five non-Power 5 teams still to come on BYU Sports Nation. We promised you an injury update. You noticed that Bronson Kafusi went down very early in the Texas game. Uh, we were told that it was a a strained or well, his uh, brother, pulled Achilles. Well, his brother tweeted uh, a pulled Achilles. I didn't know you could pull an Achilles before that or a sprained Achilles or something. We're waiting for further evaluation that will take place today. We'll update you certainly as soon as we find out. Follow at BYU Sports Nation for the latest. Isn't, Deion- it, isn't it crazy that Bronson went out and there wasn't a drop-off? Like Michael Lisa brought it. And then Michael Elisa causes a fumble. He, and gets he, gets an, he gets an interception. Like he was great as a backup. That's the depth we're talking depth about. Depth with a capital D right there. DeAndre Wesley suffered an ankle injury on the offensive line. And yet BYU continued to dominate in the third quarter and, and throughout the second half. And so DeAndre is a great talent, but there's that depth of the offensive line as well. He, we will update you on uh, DeAndre's situation as well. It appears that both those guys are going to have doctors take a, a close look at them today. And Wesley was the only guy coming out of fall camp for game one who didn't have an or by his name. He was the guy at right tackle. Mm. So hopefully he can get back soon. He's been playing pretty well. Trevor Maddich joined us for another Maddich Monday. We already talked about his emphasis on the Houston game. Trevor believes that BYU has an opportunity now because of what's happened through the first two games where they can make a legitimate case to be invited to one of the New Year's Six Access Bowls. Yeah, it's early. It's way early. BYU, no automatic bid because they're not part of the group of five and they're not in the power five. Army, Navy, and BYU are just in no man's land, right? They have different aims and missions than everyone else. Somehow Air Force is different than Army and Navy. Although Navy will uh, jump into the American in 2015. Does Army jump in somewhere? I'm not sure. So now BYU has a chance if they continue to go undefeated. Let's just project. And I don't like doing this very much because I just think it's a really long season and stuff happens and hopefully no one gets hurt and whatever. But if BYU can go 12-0, 
with this schedule, that's a great possibility. The chance that they're favorited, uh, the favorite in every game is great. The, what what happens at the end of the year? Yeah. Mathematically, they're they're predicted to have the greatest chance of going undefeated, right? Yes. And according to ESPN's Power Index, over Florida State, BYU's road is easier, I know. But comparably, BYU has the opportunity to go undefeated and still be in the Miami, Miami Beach Bowl. I don't know, though. I don't know. When we get to that point, we'll cross that bridge, really. If BYU can beat Houston, you know, uh, Utah State, all that. The, the notable games, there are two notable games left on BYU's schedule that will stick out to the nation, to me. Boise State. And Central Florida. At Central Florida. If Virginia is better this season. And Virginia Cal, looks to be better. Yes. They still lost to UCLA, but they looked better. They brought in Matt Johns, I believe is his name, backup quarterback. He sparked the offense, scored one touchdown. That's cute. They get, <laughs> No, he scored a couple touchdowns. They gave up three touchdowns to UCLA. BYU has an opportunity, though. I'm telling you, you look at the makeup of a team, and you say, can this team do something special? And this is a team that has that makeup. You have a, a good defense. Right now they're playing great. And then a very good offense. Exactly. There's That's a, the formula. Great BYU teams had really good defense. Great quarterbacks. Great defenses. Yes. And they, do they have that this year? Uh, so, far, two games, so far, so good. Certainly looks that way. So BYU far, so giving good. up 8.5 points per game. Give up 10 to UConn, 7 to Texas. You give up more to UConn than you do to Texas. And you scored more against Texas than UConn. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Okay, Houston, I don't know what to think of them. Because last year, they only won eight games, but four of those losses were seven by points seven less. points or less. They got blown out by Vandy in the bowl game, and then somehow Vandy got blown out by Temple the open season. Now Houston lost to Texas San Antonio. I watched that whole game. Texas San Antonio's decent. Good okay? team. They're okay. They almost beat Arizona last week at home. John Children of O'Corn, all those receivers. Greenberry, Spencer, all those guys. Greenberry, by the way, averaging a hundy a game right now receiving. Uh, return the uh, running back, Kenneth Farrow, that defense. BYU had to score 47 points to win that game last year, and the D gave up 46. I don't know. I bet it would be like 10 to 7. Just, cause, just, just yeah, because. Just because. Yeah. Just because. Yeah, just because. How do you see it playing out Thursday? On a short week, luckily it's a home game for BYU. BYU's offense is too dynamic. Home opener, because it's a home opener, they, so go, much energy. they go 24 plus. For sure, they oh, score more than 24. I, the way this, this uh, offense and defense are playing. I see 40s for BYU quite often this season. BYU's defensive backs are better and deeper than they have been in a very long time. How good was Robertson Daniel against Texas? Welcome back, Bob Daniel. Hashtag Bobby Daniel. He was awesome. That individual strip just Recovered two fumbles. I mean, he... He was all over the field. He was out for blood. This was his first game. He was game. out for blood. It was, um, it Legally. was like, yeah, okay, Rob Daniel, welcome back. Alani Fua had a solid game. Okay, He didn't make a ton of tackles, had the big sack, but because of Alani and the way he plays, they, they go away from him. They can channel things, and BYU's defense knows that. There's a reason that BYU only allowed, what, 82 rushing yards? And that Texas didn't pass the ball efficiently. A lot of people have made a big deal about, oh, great, the 15-yard cushion from the DBs. I just want to remind you that BYU's defense under Bronco Mendenhall has been top 25 on average during his tenure. What he does works. Seriously, it's working. The defense is really good. What was the moment for BYU against Texas? Let's go to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. At David R. Rogers, CPA, when Taysom ran for 60-plus yards for a touchdown in the first half, erased by a holding call, 
but put doubt in Texas. That He agrees with you, Jim. Absolutely. Hard not I to. I love that from David. At Trevor underscore Linton. Same reply. The moment was Taysom's 60-yarder that got called back. Bogus call on Leslie, by the way. Texas Nation dropped their heads. Not again! Can we talk about Jordan Leslie? That catch? Oh, my gosh. Why that factor. was tremendous. He ends up being the Y factor. Blaine won again, by the way. It's two, two wins for Blaine. <laughs> after, gonna none, bring, after none last year. <laughs> yeah, none. Are you going to bring it this week? <laughs> look, look. I, I'll let Blaine have fun early you on. You have what, fourth pick? Yes. Oh, no, I have second pick. Oh, second pick yeah. because you were fourth. I'm on point this that's week. That's right. Anyway. Jordan Leslie. Okay, that's more of what I thought Jordan Leslie would do. He had, what, seven catches, 85 yards. And a, a, the block was so good, he got called for holding. Now his his reaction after the game was was really interesting to listen to, saying, because he's a Texas kid, how much it meant to him to go back to Texas with BYU and perform the way he did. That that meant a lot to Jordan Leslie. Sure did. How does it not mean a ton? We're not talking about where's Cody Hoffman. Ah, he produced the top five non-power five rankings up next. Where is BYU? Number one. Woo! BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products, continuing to broadcast in crystal clear radio vision on BYU Radio Sirius XM Channel 143 and on BYU TV. We are nationwide. Do you want to go to Miami for free? Yes! One lucky fan will win a trip for two to the 2014 Miami Beach Bowl with our BYU Sports Nation Take Your Fandom to South Beach Beach Contest. Beach Contest. All you have to do is follow at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter and then post a tweet using the hashtag BYUSNMiami. That's got to be one word. The contest ends October 4th. It's that simple, people. We're not eligible. We've tried to somehow wiggle our way into this. It's not going to work. <laughs> get your white pants you. ready. One, yeah, get, yeah, seriously. There have been tons of traffic. In fact, the last tweet was 47 minutes ago, so it's been a little while, so bring it. Follow at BYU Sports Nation one. And send any tweet, hashtag Miami one word, and you enter the contest for Take Your Fandom to South Beach. What was the moment for BYU against Texas? That's our official Twitter question today. A lot of good responses coming in. A lot of people like the Taysom Hill touchdown run that got called back, but kind of just put Texas on alert. Oh, yeah, the, the hurdle. Oh, that's awesome. Jerem went with... That, the 60-yard yeah, callback. Yeah. I went with the adjustments made at halftime for the BYU offensive line. And all together, that third quarter was just, oh. Well, but what was the moment for you? Like, we didn't know that the adjustments had been made and would work until something happened. What was the moment? Don't do this. Don't, why, can't, why can't the conversations be hel- being held in the locker room be the moment for me? But we didn't. <laughs> we didn't. Was that a moment? Like. Hey, adjustment. I'll pick, I'll pick like another pl- moment, okay? Like I'll, not, I'll, I will pick another moment. When we caused the, fumb- the game when we, we caused the fumble, when BYU caused the fumble on the kickoff. No, 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 we caused the fumble. When BYU caused the fumble Me, on the kickoff. Me, you, and Rob Daniel. Stop it. When the Cougars caused Lisa. the fumble on the kickoff, that was the just moment. Tech, everybody in Texas just thought, oh, there's no chance that we can win now. No chance. Hey, but with that said, go Texas. It, win the go Big Cal, 12. Go Virginia. Please, go Utah continue State, to win games. Everybody. Beat everybody except BYU. You know what we should do right now? Yes. Top it's five. the top five non-P5 power rankings on BYU Sports Nation. Yes. Hey, this is how it works. Every week on Monday, we will release our unique 
very well cogitated top five non-power five rankings. Huge shakeup this week because of what happened. On top, still number one, is BYU. Bring them! The Cougars are now followed by the other darling out of Conference USA, Marshall, and their quarterback, Rakeem Cato. We are Marshall, number two. So Marshall jumps up to number two. People may be saying, well, what happened to Cincy? We dropped Cincinnati out of it because they haven't played played a game. They haven't played. we got to see them play. It's September 8th, and they haven't played a game. We're doing this like you should do a poll, which is wipe it clean and just go, who are the top five? Wipe it clean. Who are the top five? Yes. Every week. Not, okay, you lost, so you dropped seven, and then. Number three, East Carolina. Mm. They're one and one, but they played very tough against South Carolina on the road. They blew out their first opponent, East Carolina, in at number three. This is how bad the non-P5s are. We put a team that has a loss at number three. And we put a team that has a loss (laughs) at number four, Central Florida. We think they're good. Lost by two against Penn State in Ireland. Had a bye last week. Yes. Yep. Number they play five, at Missouri this week. Northern Illinois. They won at Northwestern. What a brutal day for the Big Ten. I mean, Northwestern is not a good team, but Northern Illinois owns Illinois. They go in the and Huskies wipe out Northwestern in Chicago. So the Huskies are two and zero. How bad Northwestern? And an early favorite in their conference. They lost to Cal and Northern Illinois. Post Jordan Lynch, you yeah. are yeah, yep, yeah. It's not going well. We thought of, we thought about Memphis. Memphis, they played UCLA really tough. It was a they but were UCLA, tied in the fourth quarter. Well, I, okay, what's up with UCLA? Are they the best undefeated, worst undefeated team in the country? UCLA is severely overrated. I'm you want my yeah, bold prediction overrated. for this week? What is it? UCLA and Texas will be determined by a field goal or less. Yeah, those are two. Those are two struggling teams. UCLA sure. and Texas in Dallas at Jerry's World will be determined by a field goal or less. UCLA is still twelve after that Memphis game. They were seven to start the season. Yeah, and then they dropped to what eleven? Eleven, and, and then after Memphis, they only they dropped, dropped one for that. Nebraska got out of the way for BYU. By the way, that's how BYU got in. Nebraska struggled with McNeese State, the power fighting McNeesers. <laughs> Amir Abdullah. <laughs> Scores a touchdown with like 20 seconds left. They win, but they drop. They BYU's drop out of 25 the top 25. For just the second time as an independent, by the way. Not like week, period. 52 weeks, second time ever for BYU as an Indy. BYU number one, Marshall two, East Carolina three, Central Florida four. Sorry, UCF four at their request. That's what they want to be called. Northern Illinois number five. Teams also Where's considered. Boise State and Houston and all those guys? Yeah, they're down the list. Nevada's 2-0. They had a good win against Nevada. Washington State. Navy kind of hanging around. Washington State struggling. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, your Cougar Whip Around and our Rise and Shout helmet stickers. Woo! BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Welcome back, Spencer Linton and Jaron Jordan. Jaron. I called you Jaron. Jerem Jordan hanging out. Wow. Settle down, Spender. You know what time it? Child Kilton. <laughs> it's time for the Cougar <laughs> Whip Around. Football. After a 41-7 win at Tejas on Saturday, BYU cracks the top 25 at number 25 in the AP poll. Also, game time for Virginia announced by ESPN. The game will kick on September 20th, 3.30 Eastern time on ESPN or ESPNU. Women's Volleyball. After a very close five-set loss to number 5 Washington Friday night, the women's volleyball team rebounding to sweep UMBC and Utah Valley in three straight on Saturday. They're still ranked 10th. Soccer. The soccer team lost to Utah 1-0 Friday. Okay. Golf. The BYU women's golf team kicks off its season today and tomorrow at the 12-team 
Hobble Creek Fall Classic. Men's Volleyball. Taylor Sander and Team USA beat Italia in four games yesterday to finish third in their pool at the World Championships. They advance to the second round. Now they'll face Poland Wednesday. Future guests include All Access with Michael Alisa. The karma! It's real. And Bronco Mendenhall. I had somebody get after me for saying, like, I think, Spencer, I feel like you're taking this karma thing too real. Like, uh, well. It, it, Excuse it, me? It, it, <laughs> this is real. R-E-E-L. Real. Uh, we're going we're gonna to switch up our rise and shout just a bit today. Brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. And add a helmet sticker for it. My helmet sticker, rise and shout. Goes to Michael Elisa for awesome. channeling. Awesome. Channeling the BYU Sports Nation karma. When he intercepted that, we were like, the karma! We were just screaming. It was awesome. Well Me? done, Michael Elisa. He gets the helmet sticker. Rob Daniel, one force fumble, two fumble recoveries. Bang biscuit. Rise and shout, helmet sticker. Bang. We'll do this the day after games throughout the season. Nicely done. See that? Helmet, helmet stickers? That plays well on radio. What was <laughs> the moment for BYU against Texas? Let's go to the Twitter machine. You got... At Jordan Hawk 22. Forcing the three and out with great field position on Texas's first possession of the first half. Then Jordan Leslie's amazing catch that right was. after that set up Adam Hine. Bang, 20 to nothing. At Johnny B underscore 56. I think the moment was the first half shutout by BYU's defense. Yeah. Zero <laughs> points. It's like, there's a massive donut up there. Jelly. They, g- awesome. they gave up seven points to, to Texas on their home field. Seven. And even then, it was one play where BYU broke down. That could have been a shutout. It should have been a shutout. I am bummed. But no, seven points is tremendous. Nice and if you're that fan, don't be that fan. Yeah. Don't. Thanks, Trevor Maddich and everyone on our crew. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BYU Sports Nation. The show on demand on BYUSportsNation.com and on BYUTV.org slash DVR. For Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. Shout out to Earl Kaufman. BYU Sports Nation back to work in Radio Vision tomorrow at noon Eastern. Undefeated! Undefeated!